Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Happy New Year and welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Anetta Adams, and I'm so happy to be able to ring in the new year with you. We have an interesting show today as we are doing a quick look back on some of the shows that we did in the 2021 year and as we move forward into 2022. We'll talk to you more about who those guests are going to be and who you're going to hear from after the commercial break. But I just want to let you know that we're so glad that you were able to ring in the new year with us uh, this year, and we look forward to an exciting show. Don't forget to mask up, and we'll be talking to you after the commercial break on The Veterans Perspective. is January 1st, 2022. I cannot believe that we made it this far. Welcome back to the show in this brand new year, Erin. Thanks, Dr. Adams. Happy New Year. 2022, it's like we're living in the future. So one of the things I have to remember to do as I'm writing out the date is to put 2022. I mean, when when do we usually (laughs) figure that out? By what, May or something? I think maybe May, sometimes it's even November, you catch yourself writing like the previous year and you're like, wait a second, like what? Well, one year we don't want to rewrite is 2020, right? I mean, we really hit 2020 hard with uh, the beginning of COVID. And I know that we thought we were going to be out of the woods. I think there was a, a little bit of a period where things were looking up and I think we're, we're digging back in right now. I mean, and it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and I feel like there's so many people that I know that have the new strain of COVID. And Director, I know you're currently recovering. And how is that going for you? It has been, (laughs) it has not been fun for sure. I mean, knowing that I've had my vaccine, I had COVID before, um, you know, and I was, you know, actually about to get my booster and, and I ended up coming down with COVID. And it was, I mean, if this is the mild version of it for people that are vaccinated, I do not want to see what it looks like for those that are unvaccinated because uh, uh, it's, you know, I have a large family. And so uh, it is going around the house and uh, trying to recover and take care of sick children and spouses and all of that is not fun. So I encourage people to mask up. And I know that there's even some debate about what kind of mask, you know, if you can get a hold of those you know, medical grade mask or some of those masks that have better protection, you know, mask up, wash your hands. Don't for, we should always be washing our hands, right? right but wash right. your hands, pull back out that hand sanitizer and use it more frequently because this one, I mean, it, it knocked me out and I'm still trying to recover right now. So. And I feel like the scary part is, is that we know a little bit about COVID. I feel like each day, you know, scientists are learning more and more, but I think what scares me is, you know, hearing people that have like the long haul COVID and what that might be like for people in years to come is the impact of having COVID on their health. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it, my symptoms start out with a scratchy throat and a runny nose. Like, you know, I have sinuses, I have allergies. Right. So I just assumed that that's what it was. And then it just hit me. And, and when you lose your sense of smell and taste, that is like the worst thing. I think I was having nightmares. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> if my house is on fire, I won't be able to smell it. Like those are the types well, of things that were running through my head. And I was just thinking more of like losing your smell and taste over Christmas, like not being able to enjoy like Christmas cookies and Christmas treats would be hard. Yes. Don't remind me. 
uh, I wasn't able to do that. So, uh, but uh, we, we, you know what, we, we, we press on and I'm very, very right. thankful to be able to see a new year because I know that there are many who didn't um, and uh, people who are struggling right now. So I, I keep y'all in my thoughts and prayers and I just um, hope that everyone's out there being safe for sure, regardless of what you believe, you know what, listen, it's just a good idea to wash those hands. It's a good idea to protect yourself from this nasty virus that Absolutely. seems to be on it, it's it's relentless it's <laughs> so, angry it's angry it's, yeah it's angry and i think it's making a lot of people angry as well um and so you know as we have entered a new year um i wanted to just reflect because i think it's important for us to reflect on some of the great shows that we had last year and we had you know all of our shows were great so i, I want to say that i want to preface it with that but some of the ones that just kind of stuck out to me um, I wanted to replay those as we as we um, go into this new year to set the tone for what we're looking for in this upcoming year. And so we are uh, we are going to be bringing back. Um, you'll be hearing again from Jeff from Hiawatha Hideout. He's a veteran who's been helping veterans. And I I thought his story was amazing. So tune in for that. We're going to be hearing from Amy Grant, Grammy Award winning artist, uh, Christian. And I know she's in the country genre as well. And her story and, 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 and how, how we got to meet and how we've become friends, but also the importance of helping other people. And I think that we don't know the impact that we have on others until we actually just be ourselves and make that impact. And so um, her story, and then finally, um, you know, uh, the governor, you know, and, and her, the show that we did with the governor. And I think it was amazing. I think it's timely considering we just wrapped up the 10 days of accomplishments and uh, day nine, I believe it was, was about military and veterans. And so if you haven't been able to check that out, you should check out the governor's Michigan page. But our show is really a look back so that, um, you know, as we go into the new year, we, we, we want you to, to see kind of our focus is on helping you, helping the veterans and, and family members. And so we want to hear from you as well. Right, Erin? Right. Absolutely. And I know that's one thing that we have been talking about for 2022 is just wanting to hear about more of what people are doing out there. And if you're working with a veteran organization or just any sort of veteran experience, we really want to hear from you. We want to invite you on our show to share your story and we can reach more veterans. We can inform them of all the great things that you're doing for the veteran community here in Michigan. Absolutely. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is that we're creating this this form where, you know, we're going to put it out there for some of the show topics we're looking for. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear from the community. We want to hear how maybe the resources that we're looking at or that we're thinking about, whether it be the VA or, you know, something like Hiawatha Hideout or any of those, those resources help you because we know that veterans trust other veterans. And when you're able to give your testimony about what you've done and how you've been able to, uh, to, to, to get help, it helps someone else. So uh, stay tuned for that in the upcoming year. And we're excited. We have an exciting show for you again. You know, these three guests were not on the same show. They're on different shows throughout the year. And so really exciting to pull this dynamic show together. And if you missed it the last time, you won't miss it today. So um, we look forward to, to, to ringing in the new year with you as we have rung it in. <laughs> and um, thanks so much uh, for, for joining us on this first show of the year, Aaron. Thanks, Director. Happy New Year.
Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are joined by our final guest today, Jeff Martin. And you know, I want to tell you a little bit about Jeff. Jeff is joining us today from his off the grid cabin that is nestled in over a hundred acres of a private forest preserve and wildlife sanctuary that adjoins the Hiawatha National Forest. If you're looking for a veteran-friendly cabin to unwind, relax, and reconnect, the Hiawatha Hideout is a place for you. Uh, just a little bit more about Jeff. He enlisted in the U.S. Marines just after graduating high school and served as an infantryman until 1997. After his initial tour was over, he decided to work in private security until the events of 9-11. Jeff re-enlisted into the Army as a combat medic and deployed with the 1st Cavalry Division in 2004. He was wounded by a car bomb and subsequently medically retired in 2005. And I had an opportunity to meet Jeff in person at the UP State Fair, and him and his wonderful family have so many great stories. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. This is this is a great opportunity, knowing that you're in a, a literally a secluded off-the-grid cabin. So, I mean, what is that like? What is it like to live off-the-grid? <laughs> uh, it's an adjustment. Um, it was an adjustment for us. It took about eight years for us to get to where we are now. And we've just incrementally, slowly uh, gotten more and more skills and more and more wild. And as we've done that, we realized that a lot of people really benefit from just getting a taste of this on occasion. So we started uh, pursuing a way to share our experiences with other people or make it really easy for them to come get a taste of what it's like to live out here without um, without having to spend eight years acquiring skills. You just come out and see if this lifestyle is for you. Well, and, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit. And I, you know, I'm not, I don't need to go into details necessarily of how you were injured, but, you know, you were injured and you're a disabled veteran. And, and so I, I feel like there's some passion here about where you are and what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I got shrapnel wound in my uh, legs and um, a traumatic brain injury. Uh, I got thrown out of my Humvee um, or blown out. Um, a lot of the guys did worse than I did. Anyway, um, what I, I had a real struggle in reintegrating into society and um, but I got into business. I got some decent mentors in business and I was pretty successful. And now I've kind of, you know, left mainstream society and moved out into the wilderness. And, um, I'm very happy here, but I realized through meeting people, a friend of mine has a child with uh, autism that's nonverbal and, um, getting that kid outdoors and dealing with that kid and learning how to deal with that kid in a way that kid could respond really turned something on in me. So then I got in touch with a guy named Tom Jones from Michigan Operation Freedom Outdoors, which provides handicap accessible hunting opportunities in cooperation with the DNR in the Sharonville State Wildlife Area. And I met, I met Tom. I've been hunting with Tom. And uh, with Wounded Warrior Project as well, I've connected with blind veterans and amputees. I realized that they all want these opportunities, but there isn't really anybody set up to try to <clears throat> facilitate uh, the accessibility for people um, who are physically disabled or even economically disadvantaged to come out and, and get these life-changing experiences. So I've done a one-for-one -one business model similar to Tom's shoes. So if you buy a pair of Tom's shoes, uh, for every pair you buy, a child receives a free pair in a, in a third world country somewhere that needs a pair. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, why can't I do that 
with with the cabin where I don't log the property. We don't allow any uh, more development. We're already surrounded by swamp and wilderness. Let's just turn this place into a forest preserve and a wildlife sanctuary and make it accessible to everybody. But the people that are our paying customers are going to pay for our customers that can't pay. And so my intent is to run the Hiawatha hideout as a business without profit being the main driver, but rather accessibility and conservation being the driver. So I teach classes out there on the property on fire starting, primitive skills, survival, uh, plant identification. I do a general um, briefing class called Walk with a Woodsman, where you come out with me and we talk about uh, the plants, the way I see them and how the trees work with the wildlife and they're all interconnected and how the ecosystem functions. Just getting people to experience some backwards compatibility with the way things used to be uh, is often a good digital cleanse that helps everybody reset their approach when they get back into their life. So whether you're from Inkster, Michigan, and you've never been outside of uh, your county except for a field trip to Lansing, uh, or you just think you know everything, I mean, I've got something for you. And um and my hope is that I can connect with everybody on some level and, and get them reconnected with the environment that we all have to share. That's great information. And so the, there's this cabin out in, near Hiawatha National Park that people can take advantage of. And if you're a disabled veteran or a veteran, like what's the criteria for someone to be able to stay there for free? Well, right now, uh, really, they just contact me and we go case by case basis. We're not a nonprofit. Um, we're a conscious, I guess, veteran-owned um, uh, business that's trying to be socially responsible. So if anybody just lobs in a message through Airbnb or through Instagram, Hiawatha Hideout on Instagram or Facebook, um, just lob me a message. I want to get to know you. I want to understand who you are, where you're from, what you're going through, and how can I help? And can I connect you with resources that you are unaware of? There might be other guys uh, such as Michigan Operation Freedom Outdoors um, that would be more beneficial or less. And I just want to start a relationship with as many people as possible to try to facilitate uh, people that need to come out and cleanse in the forest to be, have that ability to do that. And it, it literally does not matter where you're from. It does not matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter uh, what your personal identity is. Uh, I have a very uh, open, progressive, accommodating, safe environment for people to enter the wilds with me as their guide and, and help them feel comfortable and stretching their legs and their own skills. Jeff, that's amazing. I mean, you know, I, I looked at some photos online of this cabin that, you know, you have two bedrooms, a bathroom, uh, two beds, four guests can stay there. And it, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And the fact that you can get some skills out of that as well. You can work with Jeff, uh, who seems all knowledgeable about what's going on out there and get some skills. I mean, that's that's really what many veterans are looking for. And, you know, as we're coming off of just, you know, having discussions on Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month, I think it's important for people to understand that there are, there, there are opportunities out there. If you're somebody who needs to be in a space where you're, you, you you want to just get one with nature this is a great opportunity so you know we're going to make sure we share your information on social media when we post this out so that people can reach out if they're interested but are, are do you have any reservations open right now so if people are looking to say hey i want to come next month 
Um, so I'm, I'm just about fully booked until November 10th. And then November 10th, I don't have any bookings available until mid-May on Airbnb. And I'm reserving all of those winter dates to give back to the community. So the only way you can stay at the hideout um, this winter is to be my guest. Uh, money can't buy a spot in the hideout this winter. Unless you're a corporate partner and willing to do a one-for-one sponsorship, then we can talk. So uh, that's what I need more of. I need more uh, corporate or um, large party partners who are willing to undergo one-for-one model. And uh, the experience they'll receive is unparalleled. They get to come to my homestead and have dinner. They get to pick a salad from my garden. And if it's in season, they get to see how we built our house, how we've built everything we do. Um, we cook a meal for everyone. Uh, usually that's come from our garden and from our animals. Uh, our reviews are fantastic. It's um, uh, a good opportunity for people to come and relax and not feel like they're just um, spending money on themselves, but you're spending money on someone that otherwise wouldn't make it. So this whole winter, all people gotta do is lob in an email to me, uh, get in touch with me somehow, and just let me know who you are, what your situation is, and let's work out a way to get you up here, get you into the cabin, get you comfortable, and get you some skills. Sometimes people just need their alone time, and that's also uh, an option. You don't have to meet or interact with me more than necessary. Well, Jeff, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you joining the show. You're a combat wounded veteran giving back. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We've been talking with Amy Grant, singer, songwriter, uh, philanthropist, just all around great person about her work with veterans. And, you know, before the commercial break, we were talking about how she really did uh, make an impact in my life. And, you know, I've told her this, but I, I don't know if she really realizes that, you know, and I've talked to you all about how I was, you know, how I've been suicidal and how I was in this dark place. And then I went to this retreat and things started to change. You know, it's, it's so important that you have people around you that can pour into you. And it's important if you're that person um, who maybe you, maybe at this moment, you don't need to be poor, you know, you, you don't need someone pouring into you, but you can be that person that can stand in the gap for someone. And I, I, can, I, I can only imagine that you didn't know the impact that you had on me at that moment when I met you in March of 2010. I had no idea. I mean, none of us really knows what's going on in somebody else's head. You know, it's a good reason to just be gentle with everybody. But I do know uh, there are times in my younger life that I struggled with depression. Um, I went through a divorce and was really depressed. I felt like I was wrecking the lives of my young children and didn't know how to do anything any differently because I was just trying to find my own footing. I mean, there's not, there's not any one of us that has not been at a point where we wondered if a situation would be better if we just weren't part of it mm -hmm. and that you know that might be the extreme would would this be better if I weren't even around or it can be you know the extreme of that is is suicidal but I love what you said about support because you can be standing on the same spot in the road and you can be looking one direction and it's all dark clouds and a storm and if you just pivot 
you don't even have to move on that road, but if you just turn around, you can all of a sudden become aware of the fact that actually the wind is blowing that dark cloud away and coming up from behind you is a blue sky and sunshine. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't have known that unless you pivoted on that road to say what else is possible. And I really think community is what helps us pivot even in a dark time. And um, yeah, it makes really makes me feel so tender toward you. I didn't, you know, feeling you stepping out on that stage to sing the national anthem, which, by the way, is a terrifying song. (laughs) (laughs) Acapella, too. (laughs) I know. None of us ever knows how we just show up at the right place at the right time for somebody. But, you know, it's funny. I got involved with Challenge Aspen, which it's a program for people with disabilities, located in Aspen, Colorado, but I was invited to come out there 21 years ago, the first time, because the man that started that was the best childhood friend of my mm-hmm. sister. And so I'd never been to Aspen, Colorado, you know, when Houston Cowan, the man that started that, he would come to Nashville to see my sister and her husband. They would talk about old times Sometimes they would come by my house. Mostly all I knew about Houston was that we would play ping pong together and he had a wicked serve. And every time he said, I need to get you out to Colorado. I need to, will you come help me fundraise for this? And after, you know, two or three seasons of playing ping pong, I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I can't really work right now. I'll come and do a show. And that's how I discovered it. And then, you know, for the next 20 years, uh, um, I helped fundraise for Challenge Aspen, which then launched Challenge America to help people find find things locally that can help veterans. Um, which just it reminds me, the next step is right in front of you. And, mm-hmm. and then Houston, I met Mac Bailey. He used to play music with John Denver, and I was a big John Denver fan. Mac was part of one of the benefits we did. And then Mac said, I want to go back and get my master's to create a music therapy program for songwriters with veterans. So veterans can tell their stories, trust a songwriter to frame part of their experience in a way that they, that that veteran can play that song for somebody else and share their experience without accessing all of the traumatic emotion. And maybe that can help pull that veteran in the community. And just talking to Mac, I said, well, I don't know how many songwriters there are in Aspen, but Nashville is full of songwriters. And so Mac said, can we host that retreat at your farm? And so we've been hosting two spring retreats and two fall retreats with Music Therapy of the Rockies ever since then. Um, And we're in our fourth year now. Um, but once again, it was just like you meet somebody and you share your passion. And then the next thing, you made a plan. Yeah, and I, I would say, you know, just talking about the music therapy program um, within Challenge of America, um, is that you're right, music is healing. And, and whether it's just because you're listening to it or you're singing or you're writing things, um, I, I, it is part of the reason why, you know, it, it kind of got me where I was. And it's one of those go-to things when I'm, feeling sad, I'll either turn on the song or I'll start writing or I'll, 
I'll, I'll start humming or singing or something because it gets you through. And so I, I would ask, you know, being a part of um, these retreats for the last four years and having them out at the farm, you've had this kind of um, close encounter with the program and the lives of those veterans that are, that are um, being impacted there. What have you seen? Oh, goodness. Well, the most extreme case of actual healing that I saw was with um, <clears throat> a trumpet player named Casey Walker. And after I'm not sure how many tours of duty he did, but I, he played taps for over 300 um, fellow men and women that serves men and women who had fallen. And he was so damaged by that. He threw his music away. He threw his horn away. He was done and he was isolating. Somebody invited him to this retreat at our farm. But first he had to go to his mother's funeral in Iowa. And while he was there, he was going through her things and he found her old coronet, a horn. And he brought that horn to the retreat. He wrote a song with a songwriter named Mark Elliott. And, this, and, and the song they wrote was called I don't want to play that song no more. And it was talking about the song Taps. And Mark wrote about just what that experience was like for Casey, the musician who just had to play that death song over and over again. But he left musical breaks in the context of the song and would give Casey a chance to play, play his mom's coronet. And every time that musical break came around, Casey got more adventuresome. It's like he blew the dust off of his gift. He had not picked up a horn for years. And by the end of the song, he was playing like jazz, Dixieland, playful. I mean, it was like watching that gift be resurrected from the dead. And this was years ago. And ever since then, he has been an active working musician. And it saved his life. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. And it's amazing what music and the sounds and the, the feeling um, does. I, re I remember working with, so Dallas, Dallas uh, Blaney is the executive director of uh, Challenge America. And he did a pilot with some women veterans on this music program that was connected with uh, people with PTSD. And I just, you know, they pick out certain songs based on tones and, and energy within them for certain moods and certain, um, you know, whether it be depression or anxiety or some of those other things. And, and I have to tell you, I participated in that pilot and it was, it was just amazing. And there's still songs that I turn to. So music has power for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I'm glad that you're in this, in this space and you're in this business and you're making this impact and you're using your gifts and your, your, um, your reach in order to reach other people. And so, you know, we're talking about that. First off, if you're interested in learning more about the music therapy retreat or all that Challenge America has to offer, then you can visit www.challengeamerica.com. You can also visit musictherapyoftherockies.org. As always, this information will be on our Facebook page when we um, make the post about this, um, about this uh, show. And then we will also make sure that we have it uh, at our resource center. So stick around, we'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, 
Sonetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I am so excited to welcome our final guest for today, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Governor Whitmer was born and raised right here in Michigan and was elected as our 49th governor in 2019. It's so exciting to have her join us as we celebrate Veterans Day in a few days and National Military Family Month all November. Welcome to the show, Governor. Thanks, Director Adams. Good to be with you. You know, I know you have a lot going on, so we really appreciate you taking the time to spend some time with us and, and, and know that making Michigan the best state for veterans and their families to call home is an important mission for you and the MVAA. And so, you know, I'd love to hear why you're passionate about veterans. Well, first of all, I am so grateful for the work that the MVAA is doing in your leadership. I think that, you know, it's very clear our veterans and their families have made incredible sacrifices to protect their fellow Michiganders and fellow Americans. And it's crucial that we not just talk about that sacrifice, but that we honor it and that we give back to them when they return home. Now, Michigan's unique because we recognize the National Guard members as veterans. And we want to ensure that everyone who served our country and our state is able to have a, find a good paying job and to make a good life here in Michigan for them and, and their families. And I'm really proud to support our veterans. It's an honor as governor to be able to enact and sign legislation that gives back to the brave men and women who serve our country and make us proud. Well, that's that's great. And, and, and you know, Governor, I just want to applaud you too. I mean, under your leadership and the, the many things that you're doing, you know, for the first time in 11 years, we actually increased our veteran population in the state by over 15,000. And that wasn't just because veterans were moving here. It was because, you know, um, we were getting the word out, the new initiatives that you signed off on and um, all of those things, it, it was working. And so um, $15,344 million more into the state because of that. So what we're doing is working. And, and I would say, um, that's the first time really we've seen that. And we, we didn't even go back 20 years to see how, how many times we've increased in veteran population. So it's because of the work you're doing and the, the impact that you're making and the um, advocacy that you're, you're assisting all across the board with. And so I, I'd love to hear some more reasons because you're doing so much work in the state of why veterans should move and stay here in Michigan. Well, we want veterans from across the country to look at Michigan as a great place to, to live and to make their lives. You know, throughout my time in office, I've been working closely with the MVAA to make sure that we've got great bipartisan initiatives to help veterans and their families continue their careers and find good paying jobs here. In June, I signed a couple of bills into law that create an expedited path for active and veteran personnel and their families to practice their licensed profession here in Michigan. I uh, think that when we recognize these credentials and the skill set, it's not just great for veterans and their families, but it's good for everyone in Michigan. And we've also uh, pursued tuition assistance and job training and leadership development. And these are all real demonstrations of the commitment that we've made to ensure state government uh, recognizes the important sacrifice um, and commitment that our military members, our veterans, and their families have made. So we've opened up two new veterans homes in Michigan just in this last year, one in Macomb County and one in Grand Rapids. These are um, just really great examples of our commitment and um, truly life-changing for so many of the phenomenal 
residents of these homes that I had the chance to meet as we cut those ribbons, um, it really was, was incredibly gratifying to see that when the state steps up, it really makes a big difference. That is so true. And I, I cannot wait to see the work that Leo is doing, how it combines with the, the benefits that veterans can receive from the VA to really maximize their opportunities for jobs and schooling. So, I mean, it, it really is exciting. And for veterans out there who may not know what's going on, you really have to check out um, a lot of these new initiatives because they impact you and you can really maximize your benefits that you receive with the great benefits that the governor is providing. So, you know, we're talking about um, the value of benefits, but what value do you think veterans bring to our state? You know, as we focus on increasing the skill set of our population, a great way that we can do that is to draw more veterans into Michigan, right? These are the exact kind of hardworking, smart, talented individuals that our state needs. So this is um, a part of the work that we're doing to attract, re- Retain and train talent in Michigan and boost our broader effort to put Michigan back to work and make Michigan a powerhouse economically for all. That's great. And, and as you know, we're the 11th largest veteran population in the country. And so to really be able to, to maintain that and have this strong, cohesive uh, brother and sisterhood of veterans is, is really amazing. So you all heard it. You want to move here because we're awesome <laughs> in Michigan. You heard it from the governor. Um, governor, can you talk about some of the new things? Um, I know we touched a little bit on it, but some of those economic and school impacts on um, the citizens of Michigan um, have that, you know, veterans and their families can actually take advantage of. Yeah, well, you know what, Zanetta, Michigan is awesome, but I think our goal here is to show veterans that we think they're awesome, right? And to make sure that, you know, we're building an economy that works for everyone, where every Michigander has a pathway to a high-wage job and support their family, where businesses have the tools they need to succeed and they can create more good-paying jobs. And the bipartisan budget that I just signed into law earlier this summer, um, I'm sorry, earlier this fall, uh, is really about investments in working families that veterans in Michigan can take advantage of. This includes things like the no or low cost child care that we expanded for 105,000 Michigan kids, closing the K-12 public school funding gap and fully funding the tuition-free pathway to higher education. All of these are really important benefits that we have to offer on top of um, some of the things that we've already talked about. You know, I, I love that. You know, when my six children were young and I was just receiving disability from the VA, these things would have come in handy. So, you know, uh, thinking about uh, the, the, the income gaps and those types of things in the state, these are opportunities that veterans and, and spouses and dependents can take advantage of. So I appreciate your work here. Um, Governor, before we wrap up, what would you like to say to veterans? Well, first, you know, I want to start by, by thanking our veterans for their service to our country. It's an honor to be the governor of Michigan and work hard to make Michigan a better place for veterans, service members, and their families every day. We recognize your services and sacrifices, not just on Veterans Day, but every day. I want to make sure that all veterans in Michigan, including the National Guard, are taking advantage of all the benefits and resources that are available here in Michigan. If you're a veteran, get connected to your VA benefits by calling 1-800-MICH-VET for more information. And I also want to urge Michiganders, whether they have a family member or a loved one who's a veteran or not, to become a veteran connector. When businesses and organizations take the time to ask one simple question, 
have you or a member of your household served in the military, they can help veterans and their families get connected to benefits and resources they have rightfully earned and deserve. So I am committed to supporting our veterans and their families every day by ensuring they can live a good life here in Michigan. And um, as uh, commander in chief of our Michigan National Guard, I can tell you I have seen the incredible service um, that so many in our military uh, take on every single day, whether it is dissemination of vaccines or to serving abroad. Um, and that is just one aspect to the incredible service of the veterans that I've met, World War II veterans, so Vietnam veterans. I mean, this is um, a huge community in Michigan, and we are here to make sure that they're successful and live a high-quality life. Thank you so much, Governor, um, for coming on and talking to our veterans, sharing some of your perspectives and some of the great initiatives that you have, and also making sure that they know where to contact. We will make sure all of that information, as always, is in our Facebook post. Um, but I want to thank you again for serving our great state, for being our great commander in chief, and for coming on the show today. Thank you, Director Adams, and thank you to everyone at the MBAA who does an incredible job on behalf of our, our veterans. Thanks for joining us today. Happy New Year. And again, you can always call us at 1-800-MISHFET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And then you can also call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 if you're struggling. Be safe. We'll see you on the next show on The Veterans Perspective.